today, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. He is so far beyond us. We can't even compare. When we look at the, and my thoughts are not your thoughts, when we look at the expanse of the universe, we recognize how tiny we are. Psalm 139, 14. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. So do you know what biogenesis is? Anyone know what biogenesis is? By the way, we're going to have a series of questions. Lori says I have too many questions, but today we have a prize for the person who answers the most correctly. We really do. What, what is uh, biogenesis? Earl? It's the word. Beginning of life. Beginning of life? Okay. Anyone else? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. The process whereby a living thing comes from another living thing, particularly of the same type. Okay? Or is what, what we were told there? Life, after, pardon me, what Bob said, after their kind, think of Genesis, right? And life begets life. That's biogenesis. Pardon me? Earl gets full credit. What's abiogenesis? Something's typical, something's atypical. Abiogenesis means the idea that primitive life originated from non-living matter, that is simple organic compounds, over a span of millions of years. That's abiogenesis. This is not the same as evolution. You have to have life for things to descend. Wait, they ascend. (laughs) The descent of man. That's what uh, Darwin said. So you have to have life before evolution can take place. So this would be another part of uh, the discrediting of the Lord, and there is no God. Life had some time to just come on the scene. Right? If you look into the origin of life, O-O-L, very interesting to hear what some of them say. Now, compare the two words, biogenesis and abiogenesis. Science is defined as a systematic body of knowledge in the form of hypotheses, theories, principles, models of law that have been conclusively drawn from observed or verifiable facts and so on and so forth. Please notice, observed or verifiable facts. What would you say? Has biogenesis been observed? Do you have children? (laughs) Life? (laughs) Good, Good answer. Has abiogenesis been observed? Well, if you read the the scientific journals and if you turn to PBS, oh, we're really close. Let's see if that's true. Is that there's a distinct 
anti-science flavor to this. So if they get up and criticize science, nobody's going to know what they're talking about. But if they get up and really aim their bullets at Tony Fauci, well, people could recognize there's a person there, there's a face, there's a vice you can recognize, you see him on television. So it's easy to criticize, but they're really criticizing science because I represent science. In the name of the Galactic Senate of the Republic, you're under arrest, Chancellor. Are you threatening me, Master Jedi? The Senate will decide your fate. I am the Senate. Not yet. So, Fauci is science. If somebody asks you that on a test, they say, what is science? Just say, Fauci. What a bunch of hooey. Let's have a look at our team, the researchers that I'm going to put under my auspices to develop life. All right, we'll be doing it in the lab, but we'll be showing how it could have happened over chance millions of years ago. This is the creation of life team. Dr. Bob Klein, professor of biochemistry. He's going to be doing the biochemistry portion of it. Dr. Marty Cotterperson. Pete. Thank you. He's got a PhD in ballistics and intruder protection. Dr. Brian Purcelli has a PhD in organic chemistry and cellulose structure. Cellulose structure. Would that you would understand that. Dr. Derek Newton, a PhD in genetics. And there's a little bit of uh, Twitter going on over there. I'm not, I'm not saying they're posting on Twitter. But fortunately, my spelling corrector corrected the spelling of his name. All right, I know that happened last time. He's got a, Dr. Derek Newton's got a PhD in genetics. Dr. Daniel Clark, PhD in clowning. I think that's supposed to be cloning. Dr. Carolyn Huddleston has a PhD in math. Dr. Ray Lee, a PhD in pro probability and math. And he said he would probably join the team. And then Dr. Carl Slade is a PhD in transport mechanisms. So that's the team that we're going to use. And by the way, with a team like this, how can we not succeed? <laughs> so let's take a look at some of these, some of the ones that I'm going to emphasize today. Dr. Brian Purcell. Brian graduated from What's the Matter You. <laughs> he earned his PhD in organic chemistry and cellulose structures. He is, here he is trying to make an organic taco. By the way, that, that does remind me. Lori said, have you gotten permission from all the people to use their pictures? Uh, no. <laughs> if you don't want your picture up here, let me know or delete your Facebook page. <laughs> then we have Dr. Carolyn Huddleston. She graduated with, with AOC from Boston Asylum with an economics degree with an emphasis on climatology. She graduated how come laude? Here's a statement. We expect funding from the 1.7 trillion omnibus bill supported by 16 rhinos who joined the Dems in an effort to bankrupt America. And here she is with her husband and he's 
trying to dry his scalp so he can come to the evening service. By the way, that's a pretty good job of Photoshop. That lamp was over both of them equally, and I moved that over there. Thank you very much. Dr. Marty, Marty Cotterperson. He earned his Ph.D. in ballistics and intruder protection. He graduated Magnum 45 <laughs> with a minor in friendliness. Then we're going to add to our group Richard Dawkins. Some may ask, why add the leading evolutionists in the world to, to be part of your team? Simple, simple response. Wouldn't you want to have someone on your team who knows everything? <laughs> By the way, these guys are very arrogant, and he's made, he's made millions of dollars off of hating and criticizing Christians. So he's the leading evolutionist in the world. I am against religion because it teaches us to be satisfied with not understanding the world. Richard Dawkins. You know, when I consider the, the hours that I put into this presentation and the learning that I did, that's fairly offensive to me. I want to know. I want to study. If a kid answered because God did it, I would mark it wrong. Well, I'm a Christian, Mr. Clark, aren't you? Yeah, but you need to learn what science teaches, right? Biology is a study of complicated things that give the appearance of having been designed for a purpose. I've got some other interesting quotes by him. I have to remind myself, it's from his book, The Blind Watchmaker, what uh, Dr. Smith at Faith said, they are not the enemy. They are being held captive by the enemy. And I have to remind myself from time to time, they are not the enemy. The enemy is Satan. Okay, so our team won't start with Homo sapiens. We'll start with a simple bacterium. All right, here's our first of uh, several questions. Keep in mind, there's going to be a prize going to the person who answers the most correctly, and I'll have my lovely assistant Help me in, in keeping track. What is a bacterium? A virus-like organism. A unicellular or microorganism having cell walls but lack organelles and organized nucleus. An elemental metal found in group two. A uni unicellular microorganism with all the features of an ordinary cell. I, I did talk to Heather beforehand. She goes... I'm just going to, instead of saying all that stuff, a uh, complicated scientific word. <laughs> so what do you vote for here? Make your selection. All right. It's not, it's not that. <laughs> it's not an elemental group from group two. It's not, it is a unicellular microorganism which have cell walls but lack organelles and organized nucleus. How many got that right? All right. Keeping track, Lori? You got all those? All right. We won't start with Homo sapiens. We'll just start with a simple cell. Here is a bacterium. Here's a, 
<laughs> you know, I was going to look up the pronunciation of that, and I didn't. I, honestly, I did not. I started into that, and the further I got, it was going to take twice as long, and I said, okay, let's, instead of doing a bacterium, let's just go to the human cell. One human cell will be satisfied with that. There are hundreds of types of cells, but these are the 11 basic ones in humans. Ready? Stem cells. Bone cells. You see, I'm going to talk about the generic cell. Different cells have different functions, so they don't have to have everything, but generally they have to have the minimal to make that cell operate. Blood cells. Muscle cells. Fat cells. Sorry. Skin cells, nerve cells, endothelial cells, sex cells, pancreatic cells, cell phone. There's that sound again. No, that's not cell phone. Cancer cells. Do you know it is estimated that the average adult human has between 30 and 40 trillion cells in the average body. 30, 40 trillion. The only way you can understand trillion is to look at our debt. You know, it's not something that, that you and I would say, oh, I understand a trillion. Darwin and his compatriots up until about maybe 100 years ago said the cell was very simple. No. Scientists in Darwin's day did not compare grasp the complexity of the cell, not even close. Look at this cell. So we're going to begin to construct the simple cell. We'll begin with the cell wall or cell membrane. Since Dr. Cotterperson is an expert in ballistics and intruder protection, all right, he already knows the answer to this, and you, probably you do too. What is the function of the cell wall? All right? Some of you have the first one right. Let's see if you get the second one right. Keep the contents in. Keep intruders out. Give structure to tissue. All of the above. Vote. This is our second one, right? Laurie voted. Don't, don't look back at her. She has the right answer. Did you say keep the contents in? Keep intruders out? Give structure to the tissue? Did you say all of the above? How many have them all right so far? Oh, this must be an easy test. <laughs> so, all of the above. And we want our team to keep intruders out, people that are going to cause us damage, and let most of you in, right? And then watch for those that are suspicious, like Doug. So, Marty, here's just a few things about the cell wall that you've got to get right as we're, as we're creating life with our Berean research group. So the gram-negative out, outer membrane, you've got to make sure that the polysaccharides, the peptoglycin, the plasma membrane, Paraplasm, peptides, protein, lipoprotein, porin protein, phospholipid are all arranged properly. Got that? 
Then here's one more detail. You must differentiate between gram-positive cell walls and gram-negative cell walls. And here's the things about the positive cell wall, gram-positive, tectoic acids, polysaccharides, and so on. The gram-negative outer membrane, make sure to take care of the lipopolysaccharides, big science word. <laughs> the gram-stain mechanism, you're going to have to look into that. Atypical cell walls, mitoplasms, archaea, the damage to cell walls, the plasma mem membrane. By the way, at the bottom here, you see one micrometer down here at the bottom. That's 1 times 10 to the minus 6th. So this is a microphotograph of the cell wall. So we're talking on tiny little sections, Marty. By the way, we drove past that uh, nanotechnology, and this has been several years ago, and Laurie says, there's Purdue's nanotechnology buildings, Dan. And I go, well, I really expected a lot smaller buildings. <laughs> so this is 0 .000001 meters, in case you're not into negative exponents. The diameter of human hair is, is proved to be in the range from 17 micrometers to 181 micrometers. All right? So I thought I would just superimpose this. There's the size of a human hair. And if you have fat hair, it looks like that. Okay, back to things that... And Marty, if you want, I will send these slides to you. The plasma membrane. Uh, We've talked about ATP in here, right? We've talked about that. The plasma membrane, you gotta, you got to take care of that. Now, the movement across these membranes is very important. You need to keep intruders out. You need to allow things to flow in and out. Nutrients, oxygen, waste. You've got to be able to handle that. Now, the movement across the membranes, notice right here the transporter protein and transporter substance. So Carl is going to be hauling these things to you, all right? So please, Marty, don't take out Carl. He's on your side. He's bringing those nutrients and so on to the cell. Of course, glucose would be a nutrient. Uh, and you can see how the glucose is passed through with the transporter protein. There's the transport of protein. Now, here's an interesting slide. GLUT4 is insulin-regulated glucose transporter. And so you, you're going to have to emphasize that GLUT4 as it's transported across the membranes. Allow those to go through. Now, you're going to have to take into account osmosis and osmotic pressure. A little diagram of osmosis. And again, back to ATP. Carl, do you remember what ATP is? No? Okay. You don't have to know what you're hauling, just haul it. Okay? Does anyone know what ATP is? The adenosine triphosphate. It's, yes, it's, you're correct. Adenosine triphosphate. And we talked about the ADP, ATP cycle 
that goes on in all living substances. So transport, there's Carl, that's your job. Here's the cytoplasm. Let me give, there, <laughs> there's the cytoplasm compared to human hair. The nuclear area. All these things I'll be sending to you in an email. We're going to talk about ribosomes a little bit later. I'm not going to talk about that. Inclusions, you're going to have to worry about that. Again, a photomicrograph of an endospore and bacillus anthracis. So, Dr. Cotter person, we'll give you two weeks to establish a mechanism for the construction of the cell walls to protect the cell from illegal aliens. Please keep in mind, Title 42 is still in place. Migrants are to remain outside the wall until they are given permission to enter the cell. All right? Now, here's a, here's a science fair project that showed up a few years ago. I find it very interesting. This is a cell at rest. Okay? Notice something about this cell that you and I would not have in our cells. Do you see what you would not have, Doug? Chloroplast. You don't have any reason for producing, using chlorophyll, energy and oxygen. You would not have that. All right? So I want you to know, Marty, that this is the cell at a Trump rally, and you have support for building the cell. Just look at what they, the signs that they carry. And finally, build that wall and cytoplasm will pay for it. You know, at all his rallies, Mexico's going to pay for it? I don't think so. So now we've got the cell wall taken care of. Who's, which one is that? Okay. In looking over your Facebook page, I, did, I recognized three of the boys, but I did not know Chip. He, uh, I came to Frontier after he had graduated. He did graduate. Okay. <laughs> now, we're going to have a slight commercial here by my lovely assistant, because she's got a couple responses. You want to tell us about what you did? Sure. During this creation series that Bain's presenting, we have an activity for the children. Uh, we task them to um, look for God sightings as they travel to doctor's offices, sports events, or whatever. Look out the window of their car and see what they see as far as anything that's exciting from God's creation, whether it be deer, birds, or whatever. So this is our commercial break, showcasing children's responses. And that is not Lucy looking out the car. That's who knows. Down the road, when riding our bikes, we go right, and we see cows that are in the fields. And Levi, I'm on a trip to church Sunday, and I found a bald eagle. So, uh, she's going to continue that with her Kids for Truth on Wednesdays, right? Now, let's, uh, 
With the cell wall in good hands, let's move on to the ribosome. Okay. What is a ribosome? An organelle, an extremely specialized subcellular structure. What does a ribosome do? It gets a little harder now, doesn't it? Guards the cell wall. Protects the nucleus from blitzing chromosomes. Produces proteins. Produces blood. Make your selection. Is this our third question? Okay. Have you made your selection? All right, here we go. It does not guard the cell wall. It does not produce blood, and it doesn't protect the nucleus from blitzing chromosome. It produces proteins. How many have them all right so far? Uh, we didn't get enough gift cards, Laurie. <laughs> Gonna have to have a tough one. The ribosome's duty is simple. It is very simple. It's help the cell make proteins. All right. Now, I've got a number of students out there. I just found out this week one of my students has a PhD in, in uh, biochemistry. That's cool. This kid has a kid. He's not a kid anymore. And he goes, you're speaking my language. And he gave me all this stuff. And I go, great. All right. Wonderful. So here's a ribosome. Now, do you remember what amino acid is? Where have you heard of amino acids before? They are the building blocks of protein. Very, very good. There's an amino acid. Amino acid. Thank you very much. So what do proteins do? We might get them on this one. Provide structure. Regulate body processes. Transport materials. Transport. Balance fluids. Help with immunity. Provide energy. All of the above. What do you say? Pick one. All right, so who's got them all right so far? Okay. Uh, oh, I didn't do the erase. All of the above. How many got that right? All of the above. All right, so here's an, here's an amino acid. It's on this little structure that is a transport molecule. And that amino acid is actually Dr. Carl Slade, PhD in transport mechanism. This is, this is adenine. Right there is the structure. All right, that structure, and I love this because I'm a chemist. There's what you would do, writing it on a chalkboard or in a notebook or something like that. Ball and stick model, the space filling model. Adenine is not a simple compound. As always, if you or any of your IM forces caught or killed, the secretary will disavow any knowledge of your actions. The, the following material is all review. It's going to be on the test, but it's review. We don't have any sound now. There you go. This is in all the textbooks, all the way from elementary school to college. 
It says, says this. This is my earth science book that I used in 99. Amino acids are the building blocks of life. I heard that over here. These amino acids react with each other and combine to form the compounds from which life may have evolved. At least they use may there. Most times they say did evolve. How many naturally occurring, how many different amino acids are naturally occurring? We're not going to debate the word naturally right now. They mean something different than you and I mean. We say God created these. Four, twenty, dozens, hundreds, millions. Ready? I think we may get some people here getting it wrong. We've got to separate these people. I can't give out 45 gift cards. All right, do you have your choice made? All right. It's not four. It's not 20. It's not millions. It's hundreds. How many have all right so far? Okay, good. So amino acids is a building block. So here's adenine. There it is. Here it is in the DNA molecule. These are amino acids. The little step on this on the ladder, right? How many different amino acids are in DNA? All right. Four. 20, dozens, hundreds, minions. Sound? All right. So, make your choice. It's not going to be minions, I'll give you that. What do you think? How many have them all right so far? I got one, two, just... Oh, three? Okay. Our last question. It's not 20. It's not minions. Four, the, the life written in the DNA code is based on four amino acids. Okay? Now how many have them all right? One, two, just two? All right. We do have a gift card from Laurie and my favorite department store. Yes. In fact, this is dollar and a quarter tree. And this, actually, we used this as our gift registry when we got married, Dollar Tree. <laughs> at one time, didn't we have hundreds of dollars on this? At one time, we did. So uh, I'll do something very scientific between you two. Pick a number between 1 and 10. What? Yeah. Here you go. 
have any birthdays coming up? I'm saying that when they have 11 children. <laughs> have any birthdays coming up? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Gets complicated, doesn't it? <laughs> I guarantee you there's less than $100 on there. <laughs> we stopped at Dollar Tree yesterday just to make sure. <laughs> Getting more things on our wedding list. That was our last question. Here they are, G-C-A-T, those four. I remember them by going, golf carts have automatic transmission. That's my little mnemonic to remembering which goes with which. Golf carts go with automatic transmission. So here you see them, A and T, C and G and so on. Let's just have a look at adenine. And kind of a simple protein. A 30S ribosome component. That's just one half of the ribosome. And let's just get this to scale. This adenine fits right there. Uh, let's look at it another way. There's that protein over there. Here's the adenine, that little part right here. And it all came together by accident over millions of years. I don't believe that. I believe there's a God that was a creator. So here we go. Here's adenine, and here's human hemoglobin. This is a represented protein. What does hemoglobin do? picks up the oxygen at the lung, the lung-blood interface, takes it to the cells, picks up the, the waste material, takes it back, recycling. There's hemoglobin. 574 amino acids just put together randomly. <laughs> no, absolutely not. So we've handed the ribosome structure over to Dr. Brian Purcell, his PhD in organic chemistry and cellulose structure. And we're going to, I don't know if crossing our fingers is the right word to say. We've been having trouble with videos showing up. Let's see if this one shows up. No. Here is a cell, the basic unit of all living. So small you can't see it. Here's the protein synthesis, Brian, that you're going to have to look into. I think I need to open it with... VC media per, okay. Here is a cell, the basic unit of all living tissue. In most human cells, there is a structure called the nucleus. The nucleus contains the genome. In humans, the genome is split between 23 pairs of chromosomes. Each chromosome contains a long strand of DNA, tightly packaged around proteins called histones. When I was doing something difficult in chemistry, I would stop and say, okay, does anybody have any questions? All right, everybody's up to date. By the way, you, you get done teaching for 45 minutes and somebody raised their hand. I don't get any of it, Mr. Clark. 
you'll have another chance next year. <coughs> you attend to say, why don't you stop me at the appropriate points and we'll clarify things. So let's continue. Within the DNA are sections called genes. These genes contain the instructions for making proteins. When a gene is switched on, an enzyme called RNA polymerase attaches to the start of the gene. It moves along the DNA, making a strand of messenger RNA out of free bases in the nucleus. The DNA code determines the order in which the free bases are added to the messenger RNA. This Does anybody have any questions at this point? Yes. Yes, absolutely. This process is called transcription. Before the messenger RNA can be used as a template for the production of proteins, it needs to be processed. This involves removing and adding sections of RNA. The messenger RNA then moves out of the nucleus into the cytoplasm. Carl, once again, you have to do the transport. Marty, you have to guard the cell. Some things can go in and out, and other things can't. You've got to let the messenger RNA out, otherwise we don't have proteins. Yes? Uh, let me divert that to a, a, a future lecture. When somebody asked me a question in chemistry, in high school chemistry, I had two semesters of general chemistry, two semesters of organic chemistry, a semester of inorganic chemistry, a semester of physical chemistry, a, sem a semester of um, analytical chemistry, and so a kid asks a question, you go, okay, I got that covered. If you ask me something in biology, I'm right here on your level. So there are things that I will not know the answer to. And that was always surprising to my kids. They'd come and ask me a question. This may surprise you, but I don't know everything. But this is Protein cool. factories in the cytoplasm, called ribosomes, bind to the messenger RNA. Now watch what the ribosome does to the The ribosome reads the code in the messenger RNA to produce a chain made up of amino acids. There are 20 different types of amino acid. Transfer RNA molecules carry the amino acids to the ribosome. The messenger RNA is read three bases at a time. As each triplet is read, a transfer RNA delivers the corresponding amino acid. This is added to a growing chain of amino acids. Once the last amino acid has been added, the chain folds into a complex 3D shape to form the protein. 
Uh, Brian, I'd say you have your work cut out for you in all that. And let me see where I'm at on this. Slide 112. Okay. So we've got a few more things to take care of, don't we? We've got the plasma membrane taken care of. It's in good hands with Marty. We've got the lysosome. Look, look at those ribosomes. There are, what did I say, 30 to 40 mil trillion cells in your body? Look at, look at how many there are there. It's just like incredible. The number of ribosomes. In the race to produce life, or show that it could start spontaneously, they haven't even crossed the start line. If you're interested, Dr. James Tour, a PhD in organic chemistry from Purdue, has a series of presentations on biogenesis. Now, it's interesting because Douglas P. Sharp, I have him calling in. Are we ready with that, Drew? Can you hear me? Okay. Hey, Dr. Sharp, how are you? How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Great. And now he uh, wrote some things for the Creation Research Society uh, several years ago. Um, but we hear you just fine. Thanks for thanks for being on the in our Sunday school class. Thanks for having me. All right. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Dr. Sharp? Sure, I graduated from Michigan State University with a BS degree in physical science. I published three books about the creation evolution controversy. Right now I produce a local TV show called The Revolution Against Evolution. That's cool. That's really nice. So what was your vocation? So I worked for 50 years in the information systems of the Department of Natural Resources in the state of Michigan. Cool. I like that. So you wrote an article, I, it's been a while ago, called Brown Sticky Goo. Could you uh, tell us about that article? Sure, sure, I'd be happy to. So many evolutionists, when presented with the ideas of thermodynamics, balk at the notion that thermodynamics prohibit evolution from taking place. Some respond that if you just, if you just provide sufficient energy to the basic ingredients, life can spring forth. Here's another experiment you can try. Squash 100 bugs, put the entrails in a test tube, mix it up, and produce life from the chemicals. All of the tough chemistry is already done for you there. Why can't you bring it to life? It appears that life is much more than merely physics and chemistry. It's a creation of God. The only escape from this is to hide behind millions of years of trial and error. This is an invalid argument. Since biological chemicals break down much more easily than they are constructed, time becomes an enemy to evolution. This problem is reflected at the species level. Extinction occurs much more readily than the origin of the new species. The chemistry of life toggles the switch immediately to off once death occurs. The off position is permanent and irreversible. If evolutionists want us to accept their theory, they need to demonstrate a scenario where cold, dead chemicals can be sparked to life. I've tried that. All you get is brown, sticky glue. 
Well, thanks for relating that story to us. Uh, my wife tried to feed me some of that brown sticky goo a few weeks ago. <laughs> but that's a different story. Thanks for coming on uh, our coming on uh, the phone and speaking to our Sunday school class. You're certainly welcome. Have a great Sunday. You too. And I, I'm not going to go into the Hebrew here. Some more material. The Lord God for man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils and man became a living being. Let's see if I can get this other video to work. which I respond, I am fearfully and wonderfully 
made, created. Jesus' name I pray.